Coming to you from the long-running music review website, adobeandteardrops.com. Both got hooked on the sweet temptation. Bringing you all of the amazing music that you're missing. I found my piece hidden in the story. My death will hold no need for mourning. From New York to Florida and all around the world, Rachel and Vaughn bring you the Adobe and Teardrops podcast. Both got hooked on the sweet temptation. Some ethical final destination. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 120 of Adobe and Teardrops. Well, last week was pre-recorded, so I guess I got two weeks of stuff to catch up on, but I'm not really sure, you know, what has been going on. Um, I found out some exciting things, found out one of my friends who is listening is expecting a baby, um, another friend just got a job, this little one will have her month anniversary with us on Monday. Uh, oh yeah, also I got my very first article published in the No Depression magazine. It is very cool seeing my name in print. It's about Jamie Wyatt, whose music I'll feature next week. But uh, yeah, if you want to read something that I wrote, and you want it in big, glossy magazine, you can go to nodepression.com and purchase it there. Got a bunch of music coming at you today. Also, an interview with... Chris Prunkle of Wannabe the Comic about Brian Fallon, one of our songwriting heroes. So that's why this episode might feel a little bit longer. And uh, yeah, let's just get into it. We're going to start with Rachel Garland, whose album I reviewed for the website Country Queer. You can read it in the show notes. I put that link. But yeah, I was just taken by it after a couple listens. Um... I think I listened to it right after I listened to Fiona Apple's <laughs> Fetch the Bolt Cutters. And clearly they have very different tones, but it kind of pairs well together. Uh, it also came out right when all the different lockdowns started, and I found it really helpful in terms of helping me take a breath and pause. So we're going to start with Rachel Garland from her new album, Monda Greens, with Capture Me. And Patreon listeners, you'll also get to hear Radio Silence. Meet me in the photo booth so I remember all the ways you capture me. Strips of photos clipped with clothing pins dancing in the wind you capture me Capture me then set me free Hold me close then let me be I belong with you You belong with me You captivate and capture in their heat You 
followed me down the mountainside and led me on a citywide hide and seek. Reach for me, then let me go. I keep you near me, even when I am alone. I belong with you, and you belong with me. I know you captivate and capture me. You drew out a treasure map so I could round your corner. I could tell by that that you're a planner's daughter. I know we will make our plans. Sometimes they'll drift away, just like the great blue herons flying high above the lake. Oh, dream with me, then let me dream a while. The thing about willows is the willows grow wild. I know you don't belong to me, but you make me feel inspired. Captivate and capture me. Meet me in the photo booth so I remember all the ways.
After Rachel Garland, you heard none other than Jason Isbell with It Gets Easier from his beautiful new album, Reunions. And then Patreon listeners got to hear my favorite from the album, which is Dreamsical. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing I can say about this album that hasn't been said. At first, I was turned off a little bit by all the synth and the kind of bigger sound, but it's still so beautifully written and sung. Um, Yeah, you know, it's going to be on everybody's album of the year list, so if you haven't had a chance to listen, you should do that. Then I followed up, (laughs) I guess maybe it wasn't the best uh, choice of songs to follow up with, given that a lot of reunions is about Jason's... um, coming to terms with sobriety, but we have Shameless James with cigarettes and amphetamines. They describe themselves as a southern rock jam band from Athens, Georgia, but obviously for this song, they kind of rein that jam tendency in for a bit and just kind of create like a great 90s all-country style song. After Shameless James, let's get into another set of kind of more folkier music. We're going to kick it off with Caitlin Cannon, who, for this album, it's just like really funny. We could all use some pointed satire and a few laughs right now. So we're going to get into them. So Cannon, I've written about some of her previous work, the delightfully named EP Cannon Dolls. She's a Denver-based artist, and this was the first album she created after announcing her sobriety. And it's, you know... Just a good, fun, ironic album about underachievement and being frustrated with the first 20 years of the 21st century. We're going to kick it off with Going for the Bronze. Patreon listeners, you'll hear Deliver. And this is from Caitlin Cannon's new album, The Trash Cannon Album. You know the way teachers say You'll get ahead if you get straight A's on the varsity track Harvard's got a 5% acceptance rate So I busted my ass and I did all that Just to pour coffee in a Starbucks hat Saying, would you like to have a pastry with that? But there ain't no other way to get a dental plate I'm going for the bronze I'm gonna knock it in the park Cause I'm not trying to get too far ahead I think a pretty Shoot for 
my time I only regret I'll probably just be being dead Missing out on all the funeral pies The guitar picking in the lone star light And hearing all the lies about how good I was I wonder if anybody will remember my name If they don't, my mama's potato salad would be to blame I can see them now just gathered around like a bunch of stone squirrels with their tongues hanging out saying, oh my God, Tyann, what is in this? But enough about me. You see, this world is a wild and crazy place, but it can't be quite as crazy as up there in space. You see a pretty shooting star I see a comet crashing into Mars And stomping his ass like he owed him money See, there ain't nothing wrong in seeing the good Sometimes it's just a little harder to see What do you do when the powder is wet? Well, looky here, friend. They call this a bayonet. That's a metaphor. Case you can't tell me is quit your whining and make something of yourself. Cause after all, we're all dying. And I've seen too many people just waste away. Like ships in the harbor on a calm, cool day. There's so much out there that you gotta see I've seen it all, so take it from me The essence of nature truly is all around us Damn, it's beautiful Tell me, man, what's it gonna be? You gonna stare in them haunted waters or are you gonna head on out to sea? Time's a waste and the clocks are ticking, the sun's a burning out. And before you know it, someone's making potato salad. Let me tell you a story About dead and dull 
Just north of El Paso He spied the prize A slow rolling wagon With four maids inside He came out hot And stopped that wagon going But when his horse hit gravel Then hit the road Caitlin Cannon with Zach Aaron with Potato Salad. Patreon subscribers also heard Dayton Train from his recent album, Phil Dirt Wanted. That one came out last week. Zach Aaron grew up in and around the Southwest, mostly in East Texas. He's kind of like your classic troubadour. He learned guitar after high school when he began work on a construction site. He's also worked on oil fields and now has a custom leather business. This album just has like this really raw, confident quality. It's really rare and just refreshing, especially considering that a lot of people are kind of diving into the sort of 80s style, 90s style, like overproduction. I mean, also what an incredible songwriter, right? Like if it's just gonna be you and a guitar, you gotta really have to be sharp with the lyrics or people are just gonna tune out. And then we got kind of more fuller band experience with the Federalis and their song, Dead Gulch Dan, from their new album, Honky Tonks and Hangovers. I like that the song has a sort of like second line kind of jazzy feel, but the band is actually from Minneapolis, and this is their second album. They wanted to branch out with their sounds before they had kind of like a Heartland Rock slash Americana sort of vibe, and now they're just kind of keeping it loose and playing around with it. Oh, excuse me, the album's actually out on June 12th. Yeah, I've got uh, Bella hanging out right next to me, in case anyone was wondering what she's up to. We took off her harness, so she is not jingling around as much. But uh, yeah, she's just a cute little cuddle bug. Let's get into some sad songs. That's what this podcast is for, right? We're going to start it off with the Roselines Quartz or Digital. 
Patreon listeners, you'll also hear, I guess that's just how it goes, from the band's new album, Good Grief. So the Rosevine is the project of Colin Halliburton, based out of Lawrence, Kansas. Rosevine has toured internationally and gotten songs placed in TV shows like Nashville, so need to track down which song and which scene. I do miss that show. But for the Roseline, this album comes at a crossroads. Halliburton's best friend and keyboardist for the Roseline, as well as his mother-in-law, died by suicide in the last couple of years. So he sees this album as a song cycle that seeks to come to terms with grief, as well as injecting some hope and humor into that process. So we're going to get that with Quartz or Digital. Patreon listeners, you'll also hear some of that mixture with I Guess That's Just How It Goes from Good Grief by the Roseline.
temperature back up a bit. We've got Audrey and Hugh with Young, Loved, and Free. I premiered that song on Adobe and Teardrops a couple weeks ago. Patreon listeners, you've also gotten Forgotten People from Sisterman, and I did feature them a couple weeks ago, but I wanted you to hear more of the album. A couple weeks ago, you heard Lily White Parade, which is sort of like a satire on Christian fundamentalism. Um, but Young, Loved, and Free specifically is pretty much what it sounds like, a song of self-acceptance and just sort of celebrating what you can do now, whether or not you are young in body or young at heart. And then after Audrey and Hugh, we got The Promised with I Ride, which, okay, it's a murder ballad. I know I don't love those, but the harmonies are tight on this one, and the band has amazing chemistry. Also, they're Canadian, so how could I not throw them up on here? The Promise began as a duo, the project of Jesse and Noel Birch, so that's where that chemistry from comes from. But I'm glad they built their sound out to make them more distinctive and have this kind of like rockier, poppier uh, sort of feel. Otherwise, they would just kind of fade into the background of other folk singer-songwriter couples. One of our last sets we're going to get into is like a little pop, a little, you know, acoustic guitar, just sort of ride it out on a mellow vibe. We're going to get into that with Rosalie and Fool's Gold, which I believe is a single. Uh, Rosalie has a pretty stunning story. She was sort of 
gaining a lot of momentum in her singing career, but then she was diagnosed with a debilitating autoimmune disease. She could barely walk, let alone sing, but after years of voice therapy and then leaving LA to move to Nashville to build a songwriting community, as opposed to trying to be a performer, she's ready to get on stage and sing again. Obviously, the song is a bit popular than I would normally play, but her voice has some real character to it. And I caught on that even before I read the bio. I just thought that she really captures something special. So this is Rosalie with Fool's Gold. Sunny, you felt more like fate than chance. You said I was too precious to slip through your hands We were and bold and anything but ordinary Alchemically, legendary I felt my heart beat faster You made my face feel flushed Your Midas touch, adrenaline but everything isn't always what it seems Not everyone says what they really mean Oh, oh, oh Oh, oh, oh I thought you were a glimmer of hope But all that glitters as the saying goes Oh, oh, oh You were fool's gold Losing you felt like buried treasure But I can't find the map So it's lost forever You were bright and hope But it was only temporary Unbelievably imaginary I felt my heart beat faster You made my face feel flush your Midas touch I miss it so much But everything isn't always what it seems Not everyone says what they really mean Oh, oh, oh Oh, oh, oh I thought you were a glimmer of hope But all I get is as the saying goes Oh, oh, oh You were fool's gold Everything isn't always what it seems Not everyone says what they really mean Oh, oh, oh Oh, oh, oh I thought you were a glimmer of hope 
But all I could is ask the saying Goes oh, oh, oh You were fool's gold Oh, oh, oh You were fool's gold Oh, oh, oh You were fool's gold All those highways in that canyon line held out the time. July fireflies. There is truth inside these southern lies. You are my young love waking you are my Galveston and you brought your coat that night my cold hands were finding yours inside what a miracle
Working in the city Living in the country Honeydews on Saturday Church on Sunday Out on the road All week long Just trying to make it die So I can come on home And kiss your cheek JB on a Friday night. We sang a few old songs. We drank a few more Miller Lights. You're sitting there with that old look in your eye and pulling me close as you turn out the light. It ain't how I planned it, but it sure feels right. Green grass all around Little baby sleeping sand Sure feels good Better than I thought it would Just working on our dreams In a small town neighborhood Might not be just like I planned But it sure feels right cry from here I used to play and sing I saved the money from a tip jar and bought you that ring your mama didn't like me your daddy wouldn't say but you climbed up in that Bronco we took the long road anyway weren't how you planned it I guess it just fell me and stare up at the sky let me sing you one more song before it turns out the light ain't how we planned it but it sure felt right it 
side Got the green grass all around Sweet baby sleeping sound Sure feels good Better than I thought it would Just a working on our dreams In a small town neighborhood Might not be just like we planned it But it sure feels right Might not be just like we planned it But it sure feels right Rosalie, you heard Andrew Word with his beautiful Heather's song from his album Walk These Hills. I mean, just a stunning love song, right? Um, he doesn't have that much information about himself on the internet. He is born and raised in South Arkansas, and clearly from these lyrics, he's proud of that. After Andrew Word, we heard Mike Thomas with Shore Feels Right. Thomas found he wasn't a fit for Nashville when he tried to make a go of a singing career back in 2004. And after taking some time away from music, he's ready to give it another shot and kind of take a more individualized approach to it, as you can hear there. All right, uh, let's see. One other cool thing that happened was I got the shipment of my next issue of Artema in. So if you're curious about my comic book, I now have two Instagrams. One's for Adobe and Teardrops, specifically, so that's at Adobe and Teardrops. And the other is kind of like a more personal Instagram, mostly dog photos right now, but also <laughs> focusing on the comic. So that's at Artema the Comic. And I would love it if you could check that little comic out. So before we get into the interview with Chris, I wanted to leave us with one last song. And then I'll give you some other housekeeping notes, and we'll get into that interview. So, next up we've got Quiet Type with the song Little Old Me. Um, clearly, as you're going to hear, this one isn't my usual thing either, but I like the sentiment behind the song, and it's quirky and it doesn't take itself too seriously. So this is Quiet Type with Little Old Me. And he spells it with a W, just to be special. Cool. Before you hear me and Chris Prunkle geek out about Gaslight Anthem, just remember you can send me music through submithub.com, paid or free. I listen to all of it. If you want to support the show, you can send me money through Ko-fi for a one-time situation, subscribe on Patreon for extra music, hanging out with me while I record, extra playlists, you know, just a couple goodies out there. You can also find out about me or my comic and all my various social medias by hitting that link tree link. Special thanks to Micah Schnappel and Shane Sweeney for letting me remix that Two Cow Garage song for the opening. I don't usually thank them, but I'm going to now. All right, let's get into it with Chris. Looking forward to chatting with you next week in Music We Trust, in Music We Believe. The ocean's too deep and the mountain's too tall 
sky is too big and this crazy spinning ball. There's too many people, yeah, there's too many people.
I am chit-chatting with Chris Prunkle from Wannabe the Comic, and we've been like pen pals for a really long time, but this is the first time we've spoken in person, and it's really cool. Yeah, this is exciting. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for uh, spending a little bit of your Friday with me. Um, yeah, I guess this got started because we were talking on Instagram about the new Brian Fallon album, Local Honey, and then, uh, you know, we haven't been able to get a chance to talk about it until now, but... I thought it'd be cool to just kind of talk about it. But first, uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about Want to Be the Comic and how you got started with that? Because it's such a cool project. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, Want to Be the Comic, for people who don't know, uh, I do a weekly web comic where every week I talk about a new album that comes out. So, um, and this can range from anywhere from uh, folk, country Americana, to punk, to ska, to pop music. Um, it, really the only requirements is that I have to like it. Uh, I personally, um, since kind of getting involved, I, I always want to talk about things I like. I didn't want to talk about things that I didn't necessarily like or um, say negative about things because I'm an artist too. And it, for me, it was more positive to put the good things out there than to harp on somebody else because that's somebody's art. They cared about it. They put it out there. I, I didn't want to do that. Uh, so um, it, it's really weird. It hit a weird fruition um, in terms of I started off doing the comic about um, voices in my head uh, and it was like the good me and the, the like that was my mom wanted with the polo shirts and the, the pretty boy. And then there was the, the creative me that wanted to do my own thing. Did that for a year, did the year I'm in advertising, kind of making fun of the advertising industry. Nothing was clicking and I was ready to kill it. And then uh, I actually had a conversation with um, somebody I'm sure you're familiar with as well. I know you're familiar with uh, Shane Sweeney from Two Cow Garage. And he was the one who kind of pushed me to do something about music. And so it took a few little tries with the first couple of comics trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And it just became a weekly uh, music review uh, where I'm talking about maybe reviews not the right thing. It's about how an album impacts me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it, why I like it, what it did. I'm very much emotionally tied to the, the music I like. And it has to make me feel something. So I, I kind of got into that way. And so... Um, ever since, yeah, I've just kind of been doing it. I think it's geez, probably like four years now, three, four years I've been doing it. Actually, four years this month, uh, now that I think about it. So uh, it, it's, it's been a while and just kind of growing. And um, actually, I've come into contact with um, Adobe and Teardrops way <laughs> back when I was starting this, when I was Aww. just trying to see what other people were doing. Mm -hmm. You were a huge influence on me as well as um, Nine Bullets at the time was a mm -hmm. big influence on me. Um, Country Fried Rock was a, a good big one on me as well. Like it was just these things of people doing unique ways of talking about music and, and talking about the music I like too. And I thought bringing unique voices to it. So I, I really kind of paid attention to those things. And I've been very lucky that everybody I, I liked has been very warm to me as well. So um, again, thank you for this. Uh, it, it's so cool. There, there's a little bit of a nerdiness going on because it, it, it was such a big part in, in me getting involved in reading the, you know, you're talking about in, especially at the beginning before anybody knew who I was trying to track down new music. was really difficult. So I was going to a lot of sites and seeing like, Oh, what are these people I respect talking about? And so I kind of tracked it down and, uh, that, and so I completely was following you from that point on and uh, it, it was really cool and it's, you know, it's turned into this project that's kind of kept going and it's a lot of fun. It definitely has a unique take on some of that, probably both in writing and the fact that there's 
illustrations with it as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's neat. Well, I did not bring you onto the podcast so you could tell me those things. I actually thought you started <laughs> before I did or around the time I did. Um, I think maybe the way to bring this full circle would be if Brian invited me out to his podcast. Like, there's no reason that would happen, right? but <laughs> if it did. <laughs> I've no. gotten to meet Brian once and, and yeah. that was really cool too. And it, mm -hmm. it was, it purely was like, even my getting into like folk Americana was kind of strange. It all came from punk. And it was mm -hmm. really um, a now defunct record label, but Suburban Home Records right. is what kind of got me into it. And that's how I found Brian from, from Nine Balls. Um, I can't remember. That might actually have been the way of somehow I, I got connected with yours too. I can't remember how I came across your stuff, but mm -hmm. it was it was all of that time and uh, just so neat. And, and it's weird how paths cross. And I, I think yeah. I've always kind of liked that about, especially the Americana scene. Um, which I think all of us kind of have our, our feelings on a bit now too, because it seems very different than when we started it even. Totally. But um, it's, it, there's such community to it. And, and I've always loved that. The musicians, the fans, the, you know, the people that are, you know, putting things out there in terms of like journalism and stuff like that. It, there's, it's a really neat home. Mm -hmm. And I, I've, I've been glad I've been so welcomed into it. It's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, what you're saying about finding your way into this music through punk. Like I used to have to explain the blog is like all these sad punks who like kind of burned out on um, being angry and started writing country music instead. <laughs> and it's like, now we have Americana. So I can just say that. And pe people usually get that unless they're from New York city. So. <laughs> well, in being from Chicago, I run into yeah. the same thing. So it, it's that idea of that big city and like, you like country music. I'm like, Oh wait, you, you don't understand. Like, and there are those ties with punk and it's like, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of like rabble rousing and like going, you know, Hey, things are messed up here. We, we got to do something to fix this. And you know, that protest music aspect, the Woody Guthrie and people don't always acknowledge that part because they think of the bro country, the, mm -hmm. the radio country type thing, which is crap. I'm sorry. Like no, no, no. I'm not doing my comics. So I can rip on it. It's crap. Yeah. Like it just, it, it doesn't have that substance and, and I, I love having that substance in, in the music I listen to. And, um, you know, it was the Tim Berries, the Chuck Reagans. Those were the guys that got me to start going into it. And then all of a sudden I started exploring from there into the Luceros and, and just branching out further and further where I was getting more away from punk, but they, the attitude, the beliefs, the politics, all of that was still very much involved with it. Totally. Sorry. The dog would like to come up onto the couch, but can't seem to figure out how to do that there we go she uh -huh. <laughs> she needs like the exactly correct amount of space not a centimeter more or less i'm sure you know that that's our cat actually our, our yeah. cat you know cats you think of like nimble and being able to jump and everything it takes it like three tries to get up on its table where it eats its food so yeah what can you do yeah um yeah so one of those artists i think who like really made that transition from punk to country and especially on this album oh wait actually before we get into brian fallon something i've wondered about your process with the comic strip is like um part of the strip is you have like these are realistic caricatures and i was wondering like how how you do that how far in advance you make the comics uh so that you can have the art done um in time for the release sure so it's definitely transitioned over time when i, I first started doing i did actually everything by hand um Traditionally, working in advertising, I'm behind a computer all day. Um, and 
my art outside of job stuff is usually by hand. Like I, I like to do it, you know, on paper with a pencil holding like that. And so that's kind of how it started it off. Uh, but it got to a point where just it, as I was going, I really kind of was like, okay, to be faster, everything, I, I should get into the digital realm for this. So I switched over to doing things digitally at that point. Um, and you can kind of go in, like, if you look back at the stuff, you can see the transition where when I was doing it by hand, it was a lot more cartoony and it's kind of become more and more refined over time. Uh, it also got to a point where um, the, I became more realistic in the way I was conveying the artist, even more so than I'm drawing myself. It's a very cartoonish version of myself that I have in the comic. Um, but I don't know, it, it just got to a point where when I was doing it and with the lyrics, um, I was worried about doing cartoony versions and maybe somebody taking offense to it or, or, or something. It, it, it's probably not the right way to do it, but it was just like, I didn't want to, to bother somebody. I'll never forget, the, and luckily Brent Best is one of the most amazing people on the face of the earth, but um, I'll never forget, like I do everything with the, the hollow eyes, like the mm -hmm. Annie comic strip eyes. And um, people never minded it when I did it for my character, but when I did it for the artist, for some reason it would get people riled up. And Brent Best was the one that was, it was still done when I was doing it by hand, so it was definitely cartoony, that like everyone latched onto it. And like, it was great because he loved it and he had it as a profile picture for a while, but people were adding like anime eyes to it. Mm -hmm. and so I, I think as it kept going, I wanted to do something more realistic, but I also found, you know, it, I, I'm sure, like you, I don't make money off of this. I do it because I love it. And the people kept on asking for prints of that final image of whatever the, the artist was that I was covering that week. And so when I started using it and like people were like, hey, can I buy a print off you? I felt like I needed to put a little bit more into it as well. So mm -hmm. I, I think all those things kind of combined, my own self-consciousness, combined mm -hmm. me to go a little bit more realistic with it. And so I really try to find reference and stuff like that, whether it's, you know, photos I've been able to take from covering things or videos online and try and carry some of that essence into it. And so it's all done digitally. I'd love to say that I had these all planned out and it's like mm -hmm. this graceful big thing. Um, comics come out on Wednesday. I do them on Tuesday night. <laughs> so um, it's uh, basically almost all of it is done on, on Tuesday. Um, a lot of times I, I choose the album you know, up until that Monday, um, depending on what I'm doing. Um, because again, with it being something I like, I also feel like I need to have something to say about the album. Mm -hmm. And there are some albums that I wait on because I'm like, I want to talk about this, but I don't know what I want to say about it yet. So I push it off. And so um, there's something about it where I, I'm writing it and drawing it all on the, the same day. I've become a lot more ingrained. I used to work a little bit more ahead of time. Um, but th there's something about kind of living and breathing that album for the day. Uh, even throughout my workday, I'll be listening to the album over and over and over again throughout that whole day, um, just to kind of live and breathe it. And so I, I find that that really helps me. And, and there's that kind of enthusiasm then when I'm drawing it that night too, and putting it all together. Well, yeah, because if you're waiting until the date it's released to listen to it, so that's usually a Friday, then yep. you have some. You need to have some time to absorb it. Exactly, and like I have like all my my playlists I've kind of set up my albums to check out my albums that are must listen the mm -hmm. albums that I'm going to cover like it, it's it, it's become insane it started where there was only one playlist but now it kind of broke all out so I can mm -hmm. go back and forth songs I mean, that I really like you're looking at my google doc of the music I have planned and it's like going into July at this point <laughs> um 
because I thought that really? there's going to be like this dearth of music being released. I thought people were just going to like wait or not release stuff. And so far, there's not much on my radar that, that's going to be released in July. But I think people who decided to postpone their albums are going to say, well, screw it and like do it anyway. Yeah. Um, so we'll wait and see. But then there's also a lot of other music that I didn't get to. It's like, cool, well, then I can get to it in July. And, like it's going to be all backed up. But it's always the worst feeling is I've had that a few times where like the end of the year hits and I move on. I really try to be within a couple months covering Mm -hmm. it. Sometimes an album comes late, but I've had those ones where like six months later I find an album and it's like the next year. And I'm like, Oh, if only I would have found this earlier, I could have covered it. Like uh, I I cheated once or twice, but that's when it was really something special. But there's plenty that I'm like, Oh, that it stinks. It just, it completely slipped by me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, got into albums in January. It's like, but I could have had this on my top 10 for mm-hmm. all that anyone cares about my top 10. <laughs> yeah, that but was yeah. Um, not the most recent Kate Tempest, the one before that. I didn't mm-hmm. I even find out about her until well after the year it ended. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Like, it was just, it was one of those albums that it hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this was sort of my top album that year, and it just completely got by me. Yeah. Have you listened to the f- new Fiona Apple? So I've listened to it once and I need to actually sit down with yeah. it more. It, it's weird. So she, she was, you know, when she started, I was in high school. And so knew the first album really well and then kind of drifted away and haven't listened to much. And so that's in my uh, must listens that I have to sit down a lot more mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Um, Cause that's part of it too. And it, I, I'm sure you run into this where sometimes it's about when I listen to an album. Yeah, totally. And it, it's, it's finding that right point or it's that right song that just it clicks and it picks it up. And I actually had that with when we get there with, with the new Fallon album where it was, I had it on a lot of times I'll just take that big collection of all the albums that I'm thinking about covering and I'll, I'll put it on shuffle. And the reason why is it's like, okay, what's that one song that kind of hooks me in and then it makes me dive deeper. And that had that on there too. So it's in there and it's, there's a couple albums that like I'm on the verge of covering and it's like, okay, do I, don't I? Mm-hmm. Um, I also personally, and I, I don't know if you've run into this at all too. I do debate with myself sometimes in terms of do I, do I want to cover the mainstream albums? Do I not want to? Like how, how do you, I, I go about that? Cause I want to cover some of these smaller albums that people are putting out because I, I love them and I want to give, them a chance to be heard and, and notified but then there are the, also those bigger albums where i'm like this is just too good i have to cover it. um you know it, it's not a ton of the big pop albums but like janelle monet mm-hmm. or that not the most recent but the previous kesha album like they're just yeah they're big they're they're this huge industry thing even best coast which i covered this week which is definitely a, a bigger band um it's always weird it, it, it's like a, a a give and take because i at most in a year, we'll only cover 52 albums. Right. And there's a lot of great music that comes out. So by limiting myself, I try to be very specific about what I'm covering and what what I have to say. Um, but that's a whole long answer to, I do really like the Fiona album, but I have to listen to it. Right. I mean, I feel like you could probably build a following of like a Spotify playlist of stuff you would want to cover and then didn't get to or something like that. Yep, exactly. If you wanted to. Um, yep. Yeah, so with Local Honey, um, yeah, tell me, tell me what you think. We had a couple songs through Brian's career that I think you wanted to make sure we talked about. A hundred percent. So to start with Local Honey, um, 
Eric, local honey, Jesus. I, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> bear with me. Um, so uh, I, I had it on in like, it was one of those things. Whenever he comes out with a new album, I'll always put it on and listen to it. And he's another one. He, he's gotten bigger. And so I always wonder, like, do, do I cover, do I not? And I just had it on in the background. I think I was cutting the grass. Mm-hmm. And um, When You're Ready came on. Mm-hmm. And I have um, I have a stepdaughter, as well as having uh, a little niece and nephew who are my world. And that song came on, and this was my my niece is three, been before this year. And I remember when she was born; she was the first girl born in the Prunko family in sixty nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a big deal, and. Why that is what it is, who knows? My my dad always joked it was because they tortured my aunt Janet so much as a kid that they, you know, the universe just kind of said no more girls for them. But um, <laughs> Maria is my heart, and when she was born, you know, I, I remember my brother had asked me like, "What um, do you want to have any good songs, you know, for, for me and her?" And you know, there's little pumpkin time behind there, all these other ones. But as soon as I heard this song, I'm like, I have to send it to my brother. There was just something so beautiful about it to um, really to any child, I, I, I think, but I was specifically thinking of, of Maria in it. And it just, it, it endeared itself to me. And from there, it, it just, it caused me to dive deeper into the album. And I'm like, oh my God, this, this is just, this is awesome. It was, it was different to me than his previous two albums. Um, there was, to me, a lot more heart kind of mm-hmm. going on and not that the others didn't have, but I should say maybe not heart personal. It just seemed really personal and I loved it. And so that song and having those emotions of, you know, my, my little goofy niece, um, you know, we were also entering this whole COVID quarantine stuff at, at that point even too. So it was like your distance from people. Mm-hmm. It just got me really emotional. And so because I'm a, an emotional music listener, automatically like that just it it went up and it's by far one of my favorite songs of the year and it just hits me so hard yeah i mean i just had to look up the name of it like get hurt i thought was like kind of the last gaslight anthem for the final one was like kind of disappointing um i think they were like trying to play with some pop stuff and like it just didn't really like quite work um as much as i liked the songs on it you know and then uh, his yeah. first solo album, I thought was super bland, but Vaughn really loved it. And then he had Painkillers. It felt like just last year, but maybe not. And that one kind of mostly sounded like a Gaslight Anthem album. But then this one, yep. I feel like, is like acoustic, but also incorporates some of those pop elements that he wanted to use and get hurt. And it, like, it just works better now. Or maybe our ears are more accustomed to that kind of music now. Agreed. I, I think he's found himself. I, I found him yeah. really interesting throughout his career where it has seemed like there was Sink or Swim, which was definitely a lot more punk. To me, Gaslight Anthem found their their sound on, on 59 Sound. Mm-hmm. Like That album, to me, is one of the perfect albums that are out there. Uh, it, it just it, it's great front to back for me and like you know then he was dead then he did the Horrible Crows and it was like after Horrible Crows when he kind of came back to Gaslight I felt like maybe his heart wasn't in as much anymore mm-hmm. or, or something. There was just, there was a little something off and it, it seemed like horrible crows. He really invested a lot. And then, yeah, it, it, was, it was interesting. I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like I liked all three of the solo albums, but they all offered something different. And I think I, he's finally found who he is as a solo artist now. Mm-hmm. And this album, 
it, that's probably why it was able to emotionally connect as much as it was with me is because it, it felt like he was pouring his soul into it. You picked out Miles Davis and the Cool as like an example of a Gaslight Anthem song. Um, I think it might be my favorite, right? I feel like it has like, he is really repetitive, but not in a bad way with like his kind of like chord changes that he uses and certain like lyrical tropes and uh, tempo changes. And I guess he kind of like is trying to reach for the same thing over and over again and then kind of tweaking with it. And I feel like for the Gaslight Anthem, uh, Miles Davis and the Cool sort of is like, the best combination of all of those little pieces. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. Miles <laughs> <laughs> Davis, I've been swayed by the cool. There's just something about the summertime. Pitiful. 
from our youth to the ground. Down, down, down from our youth to the ground. Down, 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 down. Yeah, so you're saying you're glad you're not the only one uh, not feeling sometimes the songs. Um, maybe repetitive has a negative connotation, but they definitely like echo each other. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I came into Gaslight with 59 Sound, which I think most people did. I and knew a few people that, that got in early on with Secret Swim, but 59 Sound, it, and it is like picking a song off that, I could literally pick any song off that album they, yeah. I, and talk about them all. They, it, it is just great. And, and there's something, I think there was the first time where it wasn't me going, okay, that's a band that's cool or that's a, a musician that's cool. I'm like, the music was cool. It made me feel cool. Like it was, there was just something about that, like, you know, updated Eddie and the cruisers type vibe that it had going on. And like, I know a lot of people talked about it with, with Springsteen with, with the Jersey stuff and everything. Yeah. For me, it was always Eddie and the cruisers. Like it was just, it, it had that vibe and it like, maybe because it was throwing back and like, it was talking about fifties and there was this romanticism with, um, you know, which we know, you know, the romanticism of the past, it, it ignores a lot of bad things too, but there was a romanticism to it. And there was that cool factor. And the fact that this has cool in the title, I think it was always one of those things that made me connected even more with the, the emotions and, and the feelings that it, it gave me. But I, I just, I listened to that album and this song and all I could imagine was I want to live in that world. Like I want to, I want to live in a world where there, there is a, a simplicity to it, but it's a beautiful simplicity. It's not simple for simple sake. It, it, it's simple in the beauty of it. And it, that's, that's always stuck with me. And it's an album I can throw on at any time. And just, it makes, it makes you feel warm inside. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's, it, it, oh God. And, and I was listening to the song. I, I think I listened to the song like, four times today because like this minute I'm like oh I missed that part I got to go back and listen to it from the beginning like I couldn't just rewind a little I had to listen to the whole thing because it, it really envelops you it, it just yeah kind of holds you yeah I looked up the lyrics right before we started talking so I could get the lyrics to the bridge and if you look at it on a piece of paper there is like nothing that indicates that it should be like a punk rock song and there's nothing yeah. to indicate how any of it works together um there's just like even with like kind of relatively simple chords and like melodies, like there's so much complexity in all of it. Um, it's yeah. A great point. And I'm glad you brought up the punk aspect too, because that reminded me of one thing I wanted to add too. Like that I found so interesting is if you listen to the album, it doesn't come across like a traditional punk album mm. it, it, by any means. It, it's a rock album, but it definitely, in, you know, I don't know if it was at that time because like, oh, it's a bunch of guys with a bunch of tattoos, so it's a punk album or something. But um, it, it had this great love from people who love punk, from people who love rock. It, it, it really brought people together, which was a, a very neat aspect of it that kind of wasn't being done at that time. I mean, other bands have definitely played with it since, but it, it was something they really established. Right. But also for that time period, because they had moved to Brooklyn mm-hmm. by the time they did American Slang and... Nobody else in Brooklyn was making music with guitars, or at least like that kind of music, right? Like everybody was yeah. like, it was like Best Coast, I think, right? And like Dirty Projectors, and like I hated that music in college. Um, that's why I like made this blog. Um, but like, yeah, they were definitely like ahead of their time. And then uh, the Horrible Crows kind of happened towards the end of college, and I think you and I were talking about this. Like, I was went back and listened to the album get to get ready for this and like 
I don't know why I disliked it so much at the time. I think, like, even today, like, the press photos for the album, he's, like, in this bowler hat or something, and it still makes me, like, this really cringe. It's a stupid hat. And it, like, made me dislike the music. <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot. I definitely yeah, judge, like, uh, country singers for the hats they wear in their press photos, too. Like, if it's a woman with, like, that giant, wide-brimmed hat thing, I'm like, I'm probably not going to like it, and then I don't. So, so okay, slight tangent because I'm still yeah. following you on this uh, because <laughs> I'm coming from a, a design art background. Like, mine's not so much the hat, but I will judge you on your album art. Mm-hmm. And, and it's bad and it's wrong. I do the yeah. same thing with beer. I love beer. If you have crappy looking label art and, and packaging, I hate it. Yeah. And um, there, there's been a few, and, and it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but it's who I am and I can't get past it. Like I've been sent, you know, albums and like the album art shows up real big, you know, when you get those emails and I look at it and I go, I can't listen to this. I hate it so much already. And I have not even opened it. Why is this photo taken this way? Why, why did they create it like this? What is with that type treatment? Um, so I, I definitely understand that. And it, it's, it's a, a, a negative on me that I, I, I do that and I, I will sometimes not listen because I'm sure there's albums out there I'm like oh my gosh it's great it's just they got a bad photographer or something else or it was one poor choice but uh, I, I definitely do it as well so I get it uh, with Horrible Crows it, it's a weird one I don't remember how I came across it but it, it, it was purely by chance because I wasn't doing anything music related at that time I was just a music listener and one thing and I'm sure most of us find is, you know, when you're in college, you know, high school, but for me, it was specifically college. It's really easy to find new music. You're always talking yeah. about it. You're, you know, it's coming up. You're going to a place that's playing and stuff like that. But as you get further removed from that, it becomes harder and harder. And your friends, you know, they sit there and they just harken back to their whatever they were listening to in high school and oh, new music is horrible. There's no good music anymore. And so you start losing those connections. And uh, I believe if, if I'm right, Horrible Crows was right about that time where I started doing a lot more diving into the internet in terms mm-hmm. of like, what can I find that's out there? What's, you know, what's this blog or, or what's this site posting something new or and it, it had to fall into my lap that way. But what really caught me off guard is it was at that point where as much as I loved the earlier Gaslight Anthem, they were starting to sound a little bit more and more mainstream. And not that there's anything wrong with it. It just was taking some of the luster away from what made me fall in love with it. Um, That kind of old harkening back sound they're getting rid of kind of, as you mentioned, you know, they start going more and more pop with it, Uh, which I think even at the beginning, you could tell that was always going to be a trajectory for them. Totally fine. Get your money, get paid. But, uh, it, it wasn't as much for me. And all of a sudden I connected with it again. And it, it maybe it is that aspect where I mentioned on the new film where he seemed like he found himself and then 59 sound gaslight found themselves. It, it was touching him emotionally again. And he was putting more of that passion into it, but it, it was one of those things. I wore that record out that year. Like I just could not stop listening to it. And it, it really did a lot. And I think of note there is, um, you know, my favorite, you know, song on the album was Crush. And at that, that point in my life, uh, I was starting to go through um, the early phases of divorce separation. 
Um, so I had been with my um, now ex-wife uh, for 10 years between dating and, and marriage. And uh, there was some stuff that happened and I, I was really battling with staying in the relationship. And I've been battling with it for, um, I dealt with it for about a year trying to battle. Like I, I was somebody, I, I didn't want to get divorced. I, I told myself I, I never would. And it was because I lived in this fairy tale land in my head that, you know, somebody couldn't do something to you that would hurt you enough to, to chase you away and, and, and destroy that. And crush made me want to love again. It made me want wow. to feel that again with another person. Mm-hmm. And it, so it just, it hit me and, and it made me kind of reevaluate the way I was looking at that relationship, the way I looked at relationships in general. And it, it made me push outside of myself and really admit to myself, like, you know, it's, it, it's okay to give up on something that's not working and, and it's okay to move on and it, it's okay not to hurt anymore and to want to feel that again. And it, it's, it really drove me and, and it made it gave me a lot of courage in a way to go, okay, I, I deserve better. So it, it hit me. And I know as much as I love the album, that, that song stands heads and tails above even everything else on the album because it, it hit me that way. And I'm very thankful for it and what it allowed me to come to terms with and kind of move on from.
also like a place and time thing like my oldest cousin i'm guessing he's around your age uh i think you're probably about 10 years older than me just guessing 41 uh, <laughs> yeah no, i'm 32 so yeah so uh, i so think yeah, maybe so like almost exactly yeah so when it came out like maybe i just wasn't in that place in my life that brian and you were and like my older cousin who was not going through a divorce at the time but he also says it's his favorite of all brian fallon's work i'm like why um, <laughs> like it's fine I don't know if it's bad or well, well you know like different things hit people different ways like for me I 100%. think you know one of the reasons why I've been so like drawn to two cow garages the age difference is enough that like by the time Micah like experiences the thing and then processes it and writes the song about it and then puts it onto an album I'm going through it at that moment so like it always yep. feels like he's reading my mind in like this really creepy way um, so yeah it's sometimes it really is just about timing like what we were saying earlier. 100 percent, and, yeah. and I, I think it was and i you know i i am one of those goofy people that will pay attention to coincidences like why did this come into my life at mm-hmm. this time and what what is this trying to say to me and i try to find you know reasons for things that don't belong but because i want to make sense out of every piece of nonsense out there and that that definitely does play into I, I think that album and where it was, but I mean, like even Hurricane, there's there's a lot of other songs on there I really really dig. But yeah, Crush is just it's 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 both heart wrenching and like love affirming for me. It, it, it matches both. Getting back into Local Honey, um, yeah, I mean, like I think Brian Fallon's like really intentional with like the way his songs kind of echo each other, and I feel like there are a bunch of songs on Local Honey that like sound really similar to previous Gaslight Anthem songs and like I kind of want to take the time to go back and like um, sort of match the songs with each other and see if there's any kind of like thematic connection. I mean Micah from 2Cal does that too so I don't think it has to be a bad thing if like you're doing it on purpose and like those two are so good they have to. And it's still a part of you like it's you know there's those things I, I think if you just repeat the exact same thing over and over you know, that's different than, you know, those elements being a part of you and that they always show up. It's, it's not that you're stuck in, you know, some cyclical spin and you're just doing, you're churning out the same stuff over and over again. It's this idea that like, that's why I am. That's what I like. I mean, that's like with an artist's style. I mean, whether music or or whatever, it's part of what makes them who they are. And I, I think he is, and I think he's constantly evolving. And really, it, it just seems like, and I don't know, I've never met the guy, but he seems like a genuine guy. And the more genuine he is in his music, the better it comes across. It, it becomes more genuine to the listener. Um, it really, you get all of that from it. Um, and it, it's kept me coming back for however long it's been since I heard 59 Sounds. So yeah, it, it works. Yeah, totally. Uh, last thing I want to say before we head out, unless you have fi- any final thoughts. Um, um, no, I, th- that yeah. kind of summed it up for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in your comics, do you often have panels, like, where it's you, like, move, like moving your hands while you're talking? And, like, you totally uh, do that in real life. 
<laughs> yeah, you can see me on Zoom. Yeah. Like it's it just, it, yeah. it's, I, I, it's weird. I don't know why I've always done it. Nobody else in my family does it. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just, I, I'm very much somebody who does a lot of talking with my hands. Um, so yeah, so is it now? Sadly, you're going to see all the comments and be like, "Oh yeah, I saw him do this and that." Yeah, <laughs> it makes you an honorary New Yorker. Like I, I do it when I'm teaching, not so much when I'm on Zoom. So welcome. Awesome. I, I think it's. I've gotten too. I, I hate like the Zooms or the Skypes or things like that, and like having my photo taken or being on video. It's just mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable with it. But because of everything that's been going on with this and now all work calls having to be done this way, I've become a little bit more comfortable. So I think I'm a bit more me now than yeah. I would have been before. Before I would just been sitting very still and just, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's good. It, you know, it, it's helpful and who knows how long we'll be working from home for. So it's probably better I get used to it now. Yeah, I had a pretty down day on Monday. I was like, we're good into month three of this, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely interesting. We, um, you know, I, I'm part of a lot of discussions when we come back. And luckily, our big company, we're owned by a company out of France. And they're being very smart. And they're being honest about it. And they're just saying, hey, we're going to take this smart and we're going to do things the right yeah. way. And we aren't going to rush things in, um, which I like. And it makes me feel good. We were just bought out last year. So it's nice to know, okay, we have these new people above us that actually seem to genuinely care. And are looking to take care of us. So Yeah. Cool. Well, weird tangent, I know. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I work for a college, and it's kind of like, what exactly is going to happen in the fall? Like, yeah. we can't have thousands of people back on our campus, and our office space is like cramped anyway, and now it's too cramped for social distancing. So, yeah, uh, I'm my just brother get, and uh, sister-in-law are teachers at a high school, mm -hmm. and so same thing. Like, okay, yeah, we have summer, but what's next year going to look like? It's yeah, it's I crazy. think I'm just going to like basically make a groove in this couch while I'm working. <laughs> We're already working on that. sweat up in this office. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Chris. This was really fun. You should come back anytime you want. Just ask me and we'll do it. Same back to you. Anytime you want me on, just let me know. This was awesome. And like <laughs> I said, I mean, you've been a huge influence on, on me and you've helped me find a lot of great music. And so I, I couldn't be more thankful or more honored to be on the show with you. Yeah. And you know, I forgot to say earlier, you gave me some advice when I first put my comic out. So, you know, it's a, it's a nice trade off. Well, that's good. And yeah. I, I'm always here. It's, it is one of those things like, um, comics are a weird thing and yeah. it's, um, it, it's, there's a great scene with it. There's also, you know, it can be a very tough scene too. And it's, uh, there's a lot of navigating it. Now this is a whole new world with comics too, because of, mm -hmm. you know, comics not coming out the same as they used to because people can't go and buy them. And how, how will this all work? It's, uh, you know, we'll just continue innovating, I guess, and figuring out new ways to, to put art in the world. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll leave it at that. Thanks again, Chris. <laughs> Thank you so much. In this life there will be trouble But you shall overcome They'll hurt you in your heartstrings They'll leave you in the dust But you do just like I told you Stand strong and hold your own Soft answer quiets breath Gentle whisper breaks a bone I can't tell you who love 
I don't know who that might be I hope they cheer you up like crazy Sweep you right up off your feet Though I don't want you to grow up Cause I don't want you to leave When you're ready to choose someone Make sure they love you Stand up, but you do just like I told you. Keep your heart above all things. It's a wicked world, my lovely. But you don't have to let it in. I can't tell you who love. I don't know who that might be. I hope that you. Up like crazy, sweep you right up off your feet. Though I don't want you to go, cause I don't want you to leave. When you're ready to choose someone, make sure they love you. Make sure they love you. Help as much as me. Original content is copyright Adobe and Teardrops. All original music is copywritten by their respective artists.